Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and what a fun day to talk markets today. I mean, anytime that we get the opportunity to see as much green on the screen and have it happen on both sides of the columns in grain and livestock makes for a fun conversation for this program. Darren Fessler joining us today with Lakefront Futures. So I think we got to start out with the fact that we had a, can call it a day of spreads going on within this market trade. Yeah, a decent spread action, especially in the bean complex. Front months definitely leading the way here. Uh, you look at the bean uh, complex as a whole here, uh, you got to like what you're seeing here. Now, granted, I, I think that a lot of things have been priced in. I mean, we, we've been talking about how dry and, and, and whatever the issue is going on in Brazil, whether they have a crop, don't have a crop. They're, they're going to have a crop. What I think is a question whether it's, you know, sub 140 or if it's closer to maybe 150 million metric tons. But today, March contract, another close above the five and nine day moving average, first time since late December. Very encouraging. I think that's really encouraging the, the corn trade as well. Um, as we were talking about prior, a, a lot of these markets are bending but they're not breaking. They, they broke really hard. Question is now how they found maybe found a little bit of a bottom here near term here. When you look at how short this the, the funds are right now, it's like you're, you're almost running into an instance where this could be a little bit of seller's exhaustion, whether it's just uh, they, they've taken it maybe too far or, or maybe enough selling is enough selling is kind of where we're at, at you know, in the structure of this trade right now. So looking at, um, let's kind of start out with the fact that uh, there was a lot of chatter as well about South America today in, in the commentary I was reading. Is the weather concerns pop back that up much right now or is it just something to grasp onto because it's a whole lot of nothing per se going on? I think it's something to make some footnotes about. Um, I, I'm still in the very much in a camp that Brazil is over 145 million metric tons. The, the weather over the next 7 to 10 in Brazil is pretty benign. It doesn't you know, I don't think it's really going to move the needle a whole lot. But Argentina, uh, coming off their drought last year, year over year, they're expected to have 20, 25 million more uh, metric tons of bean production. Now, where this becomes very interesting is 7, 10-day forecast is really hot and really dry. So Brazil, Brazil's had damages. Uh, now Argentina's off to a really good start. But if you start factoring and maybe some downgrades that may happen in Argentina, does it get the, the, the you know the bears a little bit spooked here? Given that they are you know seventy some thousand short here in the bean, so I, I definitely think it does, um, and I think it could lead way to for some higher corn. Now, granted, uh, with the, with how uh, undersold uh, the U.S. producer is, in particular corn, um, I do think any time, sort of rallies of you know twenty, thirty, forty cents are going to be met with quite a bit of hedge pressure um any any type of basis that's not locked in i i do think that the the basis will give up a lot of these futures rallies so again it uh, i i think it's always darkest before dawn here but I, I don't think right now is a time to be uber bearish in these markets especially on january 23rd i think there's a lot a lot of things that can still happen up and and, and shake themselves loose here uh yet this year well, and add to the fact that you're already starting to hear a lot of a uh, rumble talk shall we say about acreage here in the united states for 24 yeah I, you know there's a lot of privates that uh 
that have come out here and, and have suggested, you know, we're going to be upwards of 92 and a half or higher, 93 maybe on this corn. Um, I think that's a very, very interesting number because, you know, whether we agree or disagree, trend line, they're going to put out a 180 number. Um, now, granted, I think it's the questions we ask is the more important thing. Now, whether the whether that acreage number or yield number actually come to fruition and materialize, you know, is, you know, is a little bit different than if, okay, if it doesn't materialize and prices go higher, uh, two different outcomes from the producer standpoint. But I think we got to, you know, focus on that risk management and say, hey, you know what, if we do have 180 yield at these higher acreage numbers, where does that really put our balance sheet here? And, and, and can we be profitable if new crop futures do realize a decent crop and can we be down here at you know closer to that 4 420 mark if everything pans out now granted mother nature will have the final say funds we're going to have a say in this and demands going to have a say in this but when we look at the the global macro picture when it comes to the corn uh I, we still got to look towards china how strong or weak is their economy going and their equity markets have been all over the board here and we look at our own equity markets our stock markets i mean they're pushing up their you know all-time highs or at, at all-time highs. And so it really puts the picture on the U.S. dollar here because really when we look at the stock market and the inflationary side of the story, it doesn't give, provide a lot of hope that the that the Fed is going to really move the needle and lower interest rates like Wall Street had maybe assumed. That's going to keep that dollar a little bit higher. That could continue to put a little bit more pressure on these exports for our grains. And so again, we, we need this business now. Uh, we've mentioned it before, but when you get that March, April, May timeframe, if this demand is not there, we are at a significant disadvantage to the Brazilian origin when it comes to beans, especially, and then obviously the corn. We still don't know about how uh, how big or what that size of that safrina crop will be. They're, they're planting it right now. And Brazil harvests their beans. Planters run right behind the combine. So, again, there's still a lot of questions about Brazil's corn crop. And so, again, there's so many moving parts here. Has the bearishness been put in for what we know right now? And I think for the for the most part, it probably has been. So, I mean, before we go to break real quick here, I mean, China's economy is going to be pivotal in whatever we see a move in this grain complex, whether it comes from South America or here in the States. I certainly think so. I think the biggest driver for commodities as a whole is going to be how China performs in the first quarter or two of 2024. All right. We'll stick around, folks. Lots more coming up as we get ready for the second half of today's Channel Final Bell. We'll talk a little bit more about China, the influence they have within our marketing trade, but also taking a look at what the party was going on for this livestock complex. What was the big push that we saw with some hogs and cattle moving into some great strong numbers? More is coming up. It's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. A Best of Both Worlds product portfolio is one of the aspects to look forward to from the new channel brand in 2025. Here's Matt McGuire, new channel dealer from Wisner, Nebraska. With bringing in Fontenelle and Channel together, I think that our portfolios will also be second to none, especially on the corn side. It'll fill holes for both companies that customers may have seen there before, and I think it's just going to uh, make us really rock solid on the corn side. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Pro in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. KRVN. 
Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, is with Lakefront Futures. So talk a little bit more about China because they are such a pivotal player in what we see. And I'd read some early export numbers about the differences we saw during the month of December, them buying from us versus South America, when normally it is U.S. that they're buying from. But obviously, it was some cheaper opportunities coming from our neighbors to the south. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we've been stressing with with our clients for the last few years now and just more or less trying to educate, you know, what their battles are going to be up against and, and not just them, the overall U.S. landscape, um, you know, the, the need for our domestic usage here, whether it's ethanol, renewable biodiesel, whatever it needs to be domestically. I mean, we, we have to encourage these programs along here uh, because when we look at, you know, China and obviously the biggest buyer of a lot of, you know, commodities around the world, it, it's just how competitive do we need to be? whether it's U.S. dollar versus the Brazilian real or, you know, simply the logistics of it. I think we're, we're, where we are right now is Brazil has, a, you know, it's probably very misunderstood. I mean, the idea of, of the old is, well, Brazil doesn't have these logistics. They can't move the product like we can. And I think that that's very yesterday thinking. Uh, Brazil's very much ramped up because of China's investment in, in Brazil has really progressed their ability to get these things to the port and off to where they need to be more than likely China. When we look at China's overall 23 imports, I mean, versus Brazil and U.S., I mean, it's a complete domination. Uh, you know, when we look at China's bean imports from Brazil, they were about 70 million metric tons, which is almost 30 percent more in 23 versus 22. Um, so, again, it's the, the push for renewable biodiesel here is going to be absolutely massive. But again, it's when, when, we, when we hear hear or see these headlines, hey, China's going to be pushing more GMO corn, more GMO beans. That just not only puts the U.S. producer at a little bit of a disadvantage, but also Brazil. So China's going much more, more much more independent type thinking. So again, I think all of this is going to have to be you know shaken out here over time. But again, it, it just it just reiterates. If we were these rallies just to get game plans in place here and take advantage of of these rallies like we did in 23 um, and hopefully get the knock on wood in 24 as well. All right, we got to switch gears and take a look at, Darren, what happened in this livestock complex today. I mean, they came out of the gate strong and continued the entire trading session. Yeah, a solid session. Uh, You know, I think this is a continuation when you look at the hogs, look at the cattle. Uh, the momentum is definitely there, the technical momentum. So, again, I, I don't think when you look at the pullback that we've seen in a lot of these products and now the technical pitchers are starting to shift to, do, to a much more friendlier environment, I think you're getting funds to continue to step in here and buy this. And I, I think that's exactly what you've been seeing so far uh, this year. I mean, granted, the, the issues and, and the, the lack of uh, a reduced supply that China is wanting to do, I think it's adding more support here for the U.S markets so again i like to see this what i'm seeing in this hogs and especially this cattle this cattle has been very beat up but we we've dealt with some really cold temperatures here recently 
So again, I think that you look at that and in condition with the with the cash price we've been seeing here, I think there's still a lot of uh, good things happening in cattle, especially after this type of pullback. So are we going to play some cash catch up per se? Because last week's numbers weren't as strong, though I have been told that there were a lot that were not reported, but still, um, we're still behind and kind of a little bit behind the knife a little. Uh, yeah, a little bit here. And again, I, I think that is all coming down to the technical pattern here. So as long as this market can maintain some strength here, see some some of these front months, let's say feeders, for example, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to remain solid as long as, let's say, January feeders remain above uh, 226, 227. All right. What are you going to be watching um, for this livestock the rest of the week as we hit the midweek trade? Uh, I'm going to be watching the five-day moving average very, very closely. That has been a support level ever since it broke to the upside, uh, not only on cattle, but also on hogs. That's going to be the first level sign of weakness here if we continue to break uh, break down. But so far, it's been a good support level. What about for the grains? Uh, we got to get the back above the five-day EMA on the corn as well. This is something that's held since December 27th. Beans are starting to make that turn as well. As I mentioned with some subscribers, I think that uh, the, the wheat market is a sleeper market. It hasn't been really got a whole lot of tension yet, but if it starts breaking above the 20, it's going to lead away for some higher corn. Again, it's just simply the short covering that just give us an ability to make some further cash sales in this old crop, I think, is really what a lot of producers are looking for. All right, lots of great stuff today, Darren. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. They can reach me directly at 312-858-3668. All right. Reminder, this is the Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. And as always, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been today's edition of the Channel Final Bell. You can pick this up as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or better yet, link on to wherever you subscribe for those free podcasts. It's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.